Welcome to Thrones and Scones. It's your weekday morning podcast where we talk Game of Thrones over breakfast. Tony, Hans, and uh, Jeremy in with you hitting season two, episode two, the old double deuce, people. And chocolate chip scones today. Mmm, chocolate chip. We'll get in to the baked goods later. Let's get in to the great goods right now. That wasn't a good pun. What did you guys think of uh, episode two, The Nightlands? Yeah, so I thought this is a good episode. I enjoyed it. Um, I really find as now we're starting to see Tyrion uh, take the role of the hand and do, I mean, I'll be honest, such a good job, right? He is, he takes this very seriously and starts to actually do so much good for his family now. Um, obviously, he's creating a lot of enemies with doing a few things that uh, that Cersei is not going to be happy with. Um, but also, uh, we're starting to see Arya starting to develop that character a little bit with, uh, with Gendry. Um, Gendry. It's a scene that really kind of is heartening in the sense that, you know, you want you want Gendry to be successful. Gendry. You know, I feel, sorry, Gendry? 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 It's not Gendry, it's Gendry. Gentri- gentrification? Gentrification, yeah. Uh, what was the word I said last a couple times? Oh, whatever, fuck it. Um, <laughs> uh, no, so anyway, we're, we're going to talk about a couple of things. We're, I thought this we're was actually good. going to be creating our own uh, Thrones and Scones dictionary of all the <laughs> words <laughs> that we make up. Uh, it's going to be a three-volume set. I, we, we give Jeremy a hard time, but I'm fairly confident that we all consistently make up words. So. Oh, yeah. Wait, it's, that's good. It's, it's pontification. Pretty- <laughs> hey, I tell you what, you don't like it, get your own goddamn podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although we, we we know the market, you probably do. <laughs> Actually don't. Please stay. <laughs> Please just just don't do that. Listen to it. Listen to our thing. Pretend you need it. It would help us a lot. Can I can I bring up real quick season two, episode two, The Nightlands. Why the hell is this episode called The Nightlands? What does it have to do with any... I know what it is. It's the afterlife for the Dothraki. But there's, like, one scene of what we get, you know, Rakaro or whatever yeah. the, the rider is that dies. Comes back His horse comes yeah. back. Which, by the way, that horse made it three days' journey back on its own. Something like that. A uh, real baller of that horse. With a severed head inside of it uh, of, of Danny's blood rider. And then, you know, there's the one scene of, oh, he won't ride with his ancestors, they didn't burn his body, blah, 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 blah. And that's like four seconds of the episode. Why is it called The Nightlands? What does that have to do with anything else? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. But just to clear clear up, Tony, we know in the world of Game of Thrones, so yeah, that might have been a three-day ride one way, (laughs) but on another day, it could have only been 15 minutes. We don't know. know, 20, max. The same ride. That's a good point, Hans. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, these horses are dropping like flies prior, but this one this one has it to make it a good six-day ride, no problem. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe it's called The Nightlands because not so much in this episode, but in the two episodes that follow, it seems like every plot point, every scene that we see happens at night. It's like they just couldn't film oh, during yeah. the day or something. Uh, it's a very dark season and not a, a, like the tone of stuff. It's just actually dark a lot of the time. Um, I guess I hadn't yeah. even noticed Adding, adding to the intro again this season, we see Pike for the first time, mm-hmm. yeah, which, is, uh, which is cool. And then we actually get to see it in the show as well. And it looks cooler than I remember it, the actual castle itself. Uh, I, I think they did a good job of making everything else look pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the castle looks cool up on them cliffs. Yeah, no, and uh, I thought 
I think that's a really cool part where Theon's going and meeting, or sorry, not Theon, I'm sorry. You know, Theon's back to see his dad, right? Yeah. Um, what did you, and I, this is, so this is what this introduction or more with, uh, Yara or Yara. I'm going to butcher both of yeah, those. Yara. Yara. I tell uh, you what, I'll give you that butcher because they change her name from the books. Unexplicably. Oh yeah. Her name no. is, her name is Asha in the books and it's Yara in the show. The only reason I've ever been able to find for why they did it is they thought Asha was too close to Asha and they didn't want people to get confused. Oh yeah. yeah. But apparently Braun and Bran, it's no problem. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't understand. But that's but Yara is one of my favorite characters in the show. So I, really? I like that we actually get her um, okay. and we get an idea of where she is. I mean, it's it's kind of I mean Theon is such a, a prat now. To I mean, especially in the books, like he's such a pervert all the time, um, yeah. and he's not the smartest and and you root for her for his sister from the beginning for me and um i like to see where she is and the whole honor system for her and she actually really wants to do to reestablish her family and she seems definitely more taken back with how pathetic he's become although i would say that theon you know him being raised by the starks he does get a sense of honor that i think is good um and I think that's why we see in the future episodes when it deals when it deals with the with taking uh, Winterhelm that he, uh, er, yeah, that he he kind of struggles with that. So Winterhelm. Yeah. What am I saying? It's not Winterhelm. <laughs> Winterfell. Thank you. Wow. What is Winterhelm? Why am I keep saying that? Isn't that like, that's like Lord of the Rings. Uh, Windhelm is uh, oh, from Skyrim. 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 Oh yeah. my God! Yeah, uh, I was like, I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> the, now we've seen we've seen some twin cests, as Jeremy loves to to point out every oh, time that it God. happens. We've seen Viserys feel up Danny real good for some reason, and maybe it's just because he doesn't know it. There's nothing cringier in this show than watching Theon finger his sister on a horse. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my worst for this episode by far. <laughs> that was mine too. Also. And I've never, I've never attempted it. He, it seemed pretty easy. I feel like it would be difficult to try and figure somebody on a horse. Yeah. Perhaps. Why did? Okay, so I get that she wanted to see what kind of guy he was. Why'd she let it go so far? That's exactly. That's why my my bad's on there. I was like, what's the point of that? Yeah. Yeah. She could have stopped him earlier. It sets I'm up saying. a weird, a weird blip in her character as well. Yeah. It's, that that whole kind of situation is my least favorite, and I get early on in season one they they set up that Theon's like kind of shitty. They even set up a couple times that he's not super welcome in Winterfell, like to the point where you know he they make they make clear that he's kind of on John's level. But but the last few times that we see him, he's like very trusted with rob they're like buddy buddy they kind of realize that like oh as far as family goes they're they're what's left of each other they're doing this thing theon pledges his life to rob stark and he changes in the matter of an episode and a half yep Yep. i don't like that and it's even where theon so you get you get that interaction between rob and theon and rob even says because theon says you're grace or something and rob says you don't have to call me that like yeah yeah and he like they're they're like on each other's levels. They're brothers or whatever. And then Theon instantly is just like, ah, oh, fuck it, <laughs> and he's done. Yeah, yeah raised his whole life with him. But apparently, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I just hate Theon, and I know that's kind of we're supposed to. But but I don't. I almost don't feel like yet. 
I, yeah, I, don't, yeah, I don't think we have enough to hate him yet. That's true. I hate him. Be, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be biased rewatching these episodes, knowing what, what happens. Yeah. How, how would you guys rank the very opening bit of this episode? Let me paint a picture for you. We see, you know, the, the previously on. We see Pike for the first time in the intro. We have the bum, 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 And it goes black. And all you hear is and it opens on Arya peeing into a river. <laughs> what a great, what a great creative decision there. Uh, and then you hear very audibly the stream stop, and she's like, and she gets up and, and she goes about her business. I mean, top ten moments of the whole show. Yeah, probably. Their, their obsession with like, oh no no no, uh, Ari's definitely a girl, definitely or definitely a boy, and uh, we need to make that point. And then because that falls apart so quickly in the next episode, right? So it's like I don't know why they felt like that has to be maintained. Of like, oh, let's definitely make her still because so, um, you know, Gendry or sorry, Gendry is nope, there? Gendry, you got Gendry, it. Gendry, goddamn it, I'm so bad at this. Uh, Gendry is like, oh, you're a girl, and I'm smart enough to understand it. And I feel like this Game of Thrones is so many people are so dumb that they can't realize this, <laughs> and it's like, what? and it's not like besides short hair, that's really all she has going, you know, for her to make her a yeah. boy. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was a very odd thing, and. And I, and the fact that she's like, how did you know? I was like, R- yeah. really? Like, yeah. The fat kid wasn't fooled. He was gonna kick her in, kick her in the bulls right <laughs> to death. Kick her in the bulls. It's almost like they're implying that you have to be rich to know what what male and female is, because then a couple episodes down the road, um, Tywin. Tywin Lannister yeah. shows up and he's like, no, obviously it's a girl, you dipshit. And then like, everyone's like, <laughs> oh, oh, really? Yeah. Wow, you are crafty. <laughs> With Arya, and we talked about it a couple episodes before um, last week, the Jackin and Sirio theory. I was never sold on this. Watching the episode again, I'm sold on it. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Jackin Hagar talk to Arya when they're having this moment where he's like, a girl can make a friend, like blah, blah, blah. He calls her boy, and again, she's posing as a boy, but that was Sirio's thing. Like He calls her out like, boy, boy, lovely boy. Like He's just directly doing that to her uh he gives her like this sly little look as she's talking like he's he's kind of appreciating what she's what she's got going on and then the second she picks up that stick and gets into a sword fighter stance and starts hitting roarge or biter or whoever it is that's like talking about attacking her i think it's biter smile on his face is like there's such pride to it and i'm like it's i'm convinced i'm so convinced I don't uh, know. I was actually going to ask what you thought about that. And I I kind of was the other way when I was watching. And maybe it's Mm. in episodes to come. But to me, it looked more like he was trying to figure like figure her out like what what type of person she was she was going to be or kind of he was more learning about her because eventually my the biggest point I get is when she and I think I'm going to be jumping forward a bit, but I do want to make this point since we're talking about it. When she saves them... Yeah, next mm-hmm. episode. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, in the next episode, when she saves them, he looks very, like, at her, and this doesn't necessarily exclude that theory by any means, but he looks at her surprised, kind of, and, like, he... he I think that's when you get that in his mind that he's like, he's like, oh, you know, I owe something to this girl. He's kind of, like, still staring off at her, and it doesn't look like he a look you would give someone you already knew like he if he wasn't fair if he wasn't uh if he was what was that guy's name 
Serial. Serial. If he mm-hmm. if he was serial, he would have known Arya would do something like that. He knows like her. She knows she's good. Uh, and it just seemed like he was kind of surprised that she saved him. And the I don't know the whole thing. That's I, a fair point. I, yeah, I don't know. And when I when I watched it, I was like, oh no, this dude doesn't know who this chick is. And uh, and I don't know. It's definitely uh, something they could just make yeah. up, whether they intended it or not. They could totally do it, and it would still probably work. <laughs> This show has the be- the show and the books together have like the best thing ever where they've been around for a long time and so many crazy convoluted conspiracy theories happen that like whether it was their intent or not they could do one of them say it was their intent and then have this really cool story exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, since we're being a little critical does anyone else have a, a least favorite part of the episode they haven't touched on oh, sorry to look up my notes here um, accessory again just reminds me that she's such a bitch i mean that's oh, i'm sorry what was that what did you Cessary? say accessory accessory yeah who is that you know it's the the queen oh, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta start filming these later in the day <laughs> Cer- cersei Lannister? no 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 i misspelled it on my notes accessory i just literally wrote, it down. I wrote s-e no c-e-s-s-e-r-i for cersei Cessary. pretty pretty Cessary. solid um, I would watch yeah. a, yeah, accessory. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem when you're writing them when I'm watching them, you know, in the dark. It's super cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm trying to remember what my point was with her again. Was this where she comes, where they come back to her about, you know, she was kind of unaware of Joffrey's thing with having all of Robert's um, kids yes. killed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyrion confronts her about it. Oh, okay. So maybe that was it. Oh, that was it. That was the point. Tyrion. So, you know, everyone gets that there's like this no love loss with Tyrion and her. But I thought the joke, the whole like, you know, your birth and the death of mom. I think it's like, why? Why does she have to continue to kind of further herself from the family when she's supposed to be such a strong like family figure well it's i think it's very much she pines over the affection of her father and her father doesn't give a shit about Tyrion. and were she to kind of take the the jamie route and start to show some sort of affection towards Tyrion, you know he wouldn't react favorably to that he being tywin just to play the pronoun game over and over um so I, I don't think that that furthers her desire to be close to the family that matters. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, I don't know. I, just, that, that just I think she's just got, a bitch. Like, I think have we explored yeah, the opportunity that maybe bitch. she's just a bitch? I don't know. It just kind of got lost on me, I think, in that part. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, yeah. Tywin is, and I really think that Tywin, I think he would do anything for any of his kids. I mean, I, I do think he's trying. I mean, yeah, he's completely fucking crazy lunatic at one point but he he does try to put family first so i i don't i don't know i struggled with that i guess a little bit yeah and i think i think to tony's point i think cersei uh exploring the fact that cersei is just Cessary. a bitch is yes yeah, so, sorry Cessary. it it's is Cessary. just a bitch is probably a good i is 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 warranted given that like <laughs> just the way she treats her family in general she's not that good to jamie like the second he's gone he, she's bone and lancel like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. I mean, come on! Can you resist him? <laughs> he is so hot. Ooh, that that quiet, you. awkward, tiny, skinny man in the corner, stumbling and stuttering. Let me tell you, he's he gets me going. So we've been we've been a little down on the up, I think, so far. What what, what are your uh, what are your what are your favorite parts? Yeah, I love I like this episode a lot because it's got one of my favorite Tyrion moments, and that's in this episode and the next of him just cleaning house. Yeah. yeah. 
him going through. This episode centered around Jano Slint. It's, it shows the fact that not only is Tyrion, like, here to play this game, but he's not taking shit. He's like, he's like, yeah, nope, I understand. I, I'm not naive. I know I need these friends X, Y, and Z. He's like, you don't mean anything to me right now. And he'll say that in the next episode, like, to establish it a little better to, uh, in his conversation with Littlefinger. But he's like, no, you did, you did the former guy who held my job dirty. And I, I, I'm not going to have that. That's basically like you starting a new job and you walking in. The old assistant manager was fired for smoking weed. And now you're coming in and you're like, you know what? I don't know if I want to smoke weed or not, but I'm going to castrate you and send you off to, uh, to someplace else so that you can't fire me if I ever decide to do that. Yeah. It's a little extreme. It's so cool to see. Yeah, I love that. Was, uh, that was probably my, my highlight of the episode, too, actually. That's, that's t- Tyrion's. Tyrion's really coming into his own, I think, as far as just a character that I'm, I'm starting to be able to look over his accent now, and uh, <laughs> just because I like him enough. But, but yeah, that's that was that was good overall for me. The episode was a bit, and again, maybe I was just tired when I was watching these episodes. But like, I think episode one and two is still kind of dragging for me. Like, I'm not, yep. I'm not. I like season two a lot. Mm-hmm. I will say that, and I know it picks up, and I know where the story, I know where it's going, and I really like it. I love Rob's whole uh, early arc, uh, and uh, but yeah, these first two are just not not hitting it for me. I'm uh, I don't know why. I think uh, this was also the where, where Melisandre is, gets it on with uh, with Stannis, isn't it? Isn't this the end of the yeah, episode? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And I I just I don't know if Stannis's character was built up to really like reflect what's going on here and maybe that was i'm sure that was purposeful but we haven't got to see stannis's wife yet right and really that's to me that's a lot of the decisions he makes is based off of that and like i don't know you just know he has a wife and then you don't necessarily and then you know he doesn't have a son but you don't know why Mm -hmm. and then you just know that he cheats on his wife and and gets seduced by Melisandre. Uh, it's, yeah. It's so I don't know if I, we, yeah, go no, go ahead. I was just saying, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if he gets, I don't know. We get this thing later where, you know, obviously Melisandre is not sexually into Stannis Baratheon. Like that's uh, not yeah. what she wants. No, it's for what she does believe is the greater good. You know, she does believe he's this chosen one and she knows what needs to be done. The seduction is like a thing to get him into it. But he's not into it, I think, because of the seduction. Had right. they just played right. it like it was like this is your duty-bound thing that you have to do, which is the character that they've set Stannis up to be, I think it would have made more sense. Like, why yeah. did you have to... And also, they spent so long pouring over this battle map, and then they just knocked all the shit off of it uh, onto the floor and totally ruined the strategy. No, yeah. but so that, <laughs> that actually leads me to my topic, actually, was in Game of Thrones, does love exist in marriage? Because there is, everyone is trying to get a son. No, everyone is sold off, married off. There's really no, so th- you could argue that there's never any sort of, I mean, besides, I mean, Catelyn um, to Ned, I don't feel like there's ever a marriage that is kind of stable, right? I mean, uh, Renly is um, his wife, right? Clearly, there's the confrontation there. Marjorie. Yeah, it's, I was say Marjorie, um, and then again Marjorie. we're seeing we're seeing Stannis here. I don't feel like there's Bunny. and they always they're always talking about 
about just marrying someone off and never having love. So counter that with going to um, to Craster's, right, where Sam has this huge problem where he's like, where he's just like, I want, you know, I I wanted love, right? I mean, he also wants to be uh, a wizard, but he he wants to care it's for true. someone, right? I mean, critical. So what do you think? I mean, who do you do you feel like there that that's done? I think I wrote my notes. So I didn't really have. A yeah, I think uh, I think it's a it's an interesting question. I, from what we've seen so far, barely. Like I think I think Cat. I think it's definitely safe to say that Catelyn loves Ned and Ned loves Catelyn, and they even have multiple scenes where they are very affectionate and you know and just sitting in bed and he, she's just like under his arm and stuff and I and and talking and I think that there's definitely love there. Um, but we know that that was even different, right? Catelyn was supposed to marry her bro- his, his brother, brother. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. i mean even that's kind of interesting and uh I, I don't know if we see it with a lot of other marriages in this show and i think that's kind of a point there they try to hit on here whether it's just from a for story purposes or drama purposes um but to argue that as well like arranged marriages still exist today and oh, yeah. i know people who are in arranged marriages and they absolutely love each other and so it's definitely possible. So, And to be fair, we're also seeing like this very, th- these are the top tier, everything's a chess move type people. Yeah, so right. I'm sure, yeah, love exists in marriage. I'm sure there are plenty of marriages that are for love exclusively, but we're, every character we're watching is like Illuminati level right. planning yeah. all this Illuminati. shit out. Um, and so, yeah. Wait, are you, are you saying that you do or do not think Sansa loves Joffrey? <laughs> Oh no no Santa oh, yeah. Santa's totally into Joffrey. And She's I, into him. I, she loves him. And I actually believe that. I think that in especially in the beginning, she before she realizes the games he's gonna play, I think in the first season, I think if he would have been an ass, if he would have said, you know, I love you and treated her well, I think that would have been less of an arranged marriage or, or sorry, less of a um obviously it's a shitty relationship now like, that we know yeah. of. But like I definitely think that she was falling in love with him. Sure. I mean, just, okay. Just, this is okay. Sorry, Tony. This no. this is uh, this could go into a much longer conversation though, because Sansa's how how old is Sansa? Thirteen or something? Fourteen? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. she's so yeah. young. That is like, does she love Joffrey or does she just think he's cute and has a huge crush on him? Like, yeah, it's just it's Joffrey yeah. Taylor Thomas. Yeah, here. he's in yeah. home improvement <laughs> and <laughs> and she's pining after him. You know, it's that haircut. Yeah, she doesn't even. She's barely talked to the guy. And when she's saying all that stuff. So I, I, I would argue that that is love. But yeah. And to go to, this, to the Sam and Gilly thing, Jeremy, for a moment, you know, yeah. Sam is obviously pining after actual love. Um, just to touch on, because I know I hit it last episode, again, such a devious thing for Sam the coward. The one thing he's not supposed to do right now is talk to these women. Yeah. And I get that, like, okay, his hormones are in overdrive. His sense of chivalrous duty, if one exists, is kicking in with her being, you know, threatened by by ghost. Um, but he goes and has this full-on conversation, scheme with her, in the motherfucking open. Yep. Yeah. Like, in the daytime, yep. around everybody. And no, really? and no one says anything. Right, no. like just, and yet John John looks at Craster and it's like I'm gonna murder you. I'm like, okay, yes, is, and no one touched my wives. That's that just seems like a that just seems like a flaw in the show. Well, the Nightlands. I don't understand the title. I liked the episode, and of course, 
This has been Thrones of Thrones and Scones. To hit the scones of Thrones and Scones, uh, I brought the goods to the table today. What do you? What do you? What are you enjoying yeah, this this tell, lovely Tuesday? Tell us about let that me, chocolate chip. Let me let me let me tell you guys a little bit about this chocolate chip. It's from Bailey's Coffee House and Fudge. It's yeah yeah. It's whatever. All right. Jeremy, do you want to? <laughs> I want. I, 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 I was. I want to hand it to I was you. I want to give you if a Hans take. Was going to close out. I was intrigued to see if he would do it. So I was just like dead silent. <laughs> I want to hand it to uh, to you, Jeremy, and give you your shot at redemption here, because because last time, I just butchered it was, a, it was a good yeah. effort. It was a good effort. <laughs> all right. So thanks again for all of you listeners out there listening to Thrones and Scones. You can find us at Spotify, iTunes, and all other podcasts listening. Uh, availabilities around the world um catch us up on instagram remember uh we are here to have a enjoyable conversation we'd like to look for questions maybe to talk about in the episodes in the future so if you want to hit us back um maybe we can uh, find a chance to have those discussions with those uh people who are listening so uh my big question at the end of course is are you down with got yeah you know me yeah, so what I was saying about Smash, like, um, it's it's just humbling. Like, I I love like playing the game; it's super fun. Uh, but the whole online thing, where it's like you're ranked and you lose like thousands of points with every loss, like I'm sure I'm losing to like these probably seven or eight year old, you know, Japanese children that are just playing at those cafes all day long. Um, which I'm kind of surprised we don't have those. Like how. How, like, that's a very cultural thing where they have these internet cafes where they just sit down and play games all the time. Like, a lot of, uh, and a lot of older games, like Street Fighter 2 and things like that. Um, do you think that would ever work here? Are you surprised we don't get something like that? It's an interesting, uh, and I'm curious, you guys are a bit more metropolitan than my area is. Um, but we're kind of seeing things felt like our, our local comic store closed just now oh, because people aren't necessarily into spending money uh, on the ambiance of something. I, I don't think that that's something we've really hit in this country because you can't compete. You can't like um, I'm friends with the owner of that store, the previous owner, I guess. And he, he's just saying you can't compete with Amazon's prices on this stuff. You know, if you can buy this book yeah. on, you know, he buys it at wholesale for twenty two dollars. He's got to sell it upwards of 40 bucks to, to make a profit after everything, whereas Amazon could buy it in insane bulk and sell it for $25 and mm-hmm. still be churning money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you understand how they can't compete on that level, and I just don't think people are necessarily or enough people to maintain something as niche as that. They're not supporting um, the, the experience of something, where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they'll go and do it, but they're not going to go every week to, to, to support um, and, and to show their money there. I, I just don't really think that that's a market that's been established, at least not in the smaller towns. I mean, you, you guys seeing anything different maybe? No, I think it's the same thing. Uh, I, I think, so there's like, you guys know me. I'm a nerd. I'm into like collector stuff and uh, mm-hmm. and statuettes, <laughs> as Jeremy <laughs> always makes fun of me for. And things like that. P- P- piggy uh, banks without the slots. Yeah, basically. And I'm no, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to some baller action figures as well, you know. So, uh, so I, I check out the collector shops and stuff around here in the comic shops and all that. And every once in a while, and it's just like even them. Like sometimes 
it's nice. Like I like that idea that, you know, you can go there, you can build a relationship, you know, you can kind of, you know, wheel and deal a little bit and trade or do whatever you want. But even then, like, even if I'm cutting these people, like, even if they're cutting me deals, it's still more expensive than I can get it online. Yeah. And then it's like, yes, I can go get it and it's it's pretty quick, but that's even kind of obsolete when Amazon can get it to me in a freaking day. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like I can wait one day versus going and paying much more. And it's it's sad because I kind of like I mean, that's was kind of the fun of it, but I don't know. And there's the one thing of if you've got the money to support it, like oftentimes you, you will, yeah. but how consistently does everybody have that expendable income where they can, you know, increase their their price output for, you know, something as, <laughs> you know, because is, is Jenna down for you spending all this money on statuettes or she's like, no, if you can get it for $20 cheaper, get it for $20 yeah, cheaper, you yeah. idiot. Like, yeah, yeah. she um, is the voice of reason. It's yeah. usually <laughs> not if you can get it for $20 cheaper, get it for $20 cheaper. It's like. Why the hell would you want that? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, she's have, pretty cool. She's pretty we have cool. a couple of game stores here, and I, I think the thing I, the reason why I don't mind spending a little more money is because if you show good patronage, they will, like, when that limited edition thing comes out that may be harder to find or get, they're definitely going to communicate with you a little bit more than, say, Amazon would. I mean, Amazon doesn't care. Oh, it's yeah. going to sell, right? So. I mean, and while I haven't noticed that as much at game stores, I definitely noticed that with a couple of our local uh, um, what, beer locations where I'm trying to find some some special edition stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, the, I'm on a list to get a phone call if certain things come in, and I think that yeah, I may be paying a little more than going to like you know the local grocery store, which is just buying cases and cases of all the local uh, craft brew. But when that you know limited edition. Uh, Kentucky bourbon whatever comes out and there's like you can find maybe one or two bottles and if you're lucky if you get that or there's some sort of like uh, raffle when you've been buying from these places they they don't just raffle they actually just call you like look I got a six pack it's yours if you want it because I know that you buy from me instead of going other places yeah and I feel like the same thing with like the game stores it's like they when they get in uh you know that board game or that edition that maybe backordered on Amazon. They're like, you know, I know that you come in. I know that you buy this sort of thing. Um, so it's a loyalty thing. I think that problem is, is loyalty is essentially dead now. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, it's a shame well, because like, I think it's, it's still a cool way of doing business. Yeah. I, I really is, like, oh, sorry, yeah. no, I, no, I, I, re- I really like that. And I, uh, Jen always makes fun of me uh, because I, I still do when I can pay the extra couple bones for, uh, for going that to the shops that I like to for you know like supporting people and I'm probably more loyal than I should be at my current income, <laughs> but uh, yeah. but uh, but yeah no I, I really like that relationship I think that's a so I think alcohol almost is in a different realm right because where we live at least you can't really buy easily online uh, and yeah. that that does that does limit your options because being uh, even more than statuettes i'm a big whiskey collector so uh and primarily scotch which i could be getting much cooler stuff if i could be importing and buying in line and 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 for relatively cheaper cost but since technically legally i can't really ship to my house as far as my understanding or easily uh then you kind of have to you do have to still go out to the stores and do it and then at that point 
you know, there is some price difference, but grocery stores don't have the, um, the level of selection that I'd be looking for anyway. So then I do end up more at this, at the crafter stores and stuff. So I think that market is actually thriving if anything, especially Mm -hmm. with the last decade or so people really getting into craft beer craft, you know, more craft whiskeys and stuff like that. So I think, I think that's almost on the other end of the spectrum. So we kind of see where some things are, are, are going away and other things are even building up with people getting more interested in, in that craft idea so and i don't know if that's solely just because the internet's hard or if it's just kind of a trend right now i don't know the there's this back and forth between it this balance i think that's got to be found that uh i'm just kind of i'm I'm kind of looking at here i'm thinking it's quite interesting because I, i like the loyalty aspect i like that point to an extent because yes i I don't know if loyalty's going away but it's all of these things that like i I would love to be loyal to x y and z i can't afford it Uh, (laughs) yeah you know i gotta pick and choose my battles there and it's like okay i can be all in one thing or i can have five things that i enjoy and kind of want to get into and you know i might have to might have to make some concessions there but you look at like back in the day like going back to game shops and talking about like beers and whiskeys and stuff like that um, back in the day, it was more of a niche market. Not everyone was into like there are a reason that so many of our parents drink one kind of beer, and it's because their selection wasn't great. It's what they had. It's what they grew up with, and now it's it's gone and it's continued because it's what was available. Right. And so like my dad played Dungeons and Dragons back in the day, um, but I wouldn't have gotten into it if I had to jump through all the hoops that my dad did. Like it was so easy for me to get involved in stuff and that's because it is more accessible. So you either have to keep it in this limited market, which means that people are not going to discover it as rapidly, or you have to expand in a way that draws people in so that hopefully down the, it's like this college mentality. It's like you want your alumni down the road to then support you so that you can continue to provide your service to people. Um, They're kind of, relying a little bit on that loyalty thing where it's like, okay, for craft beers, craft beers have been huge. Like my mom will not drink craft beers and stuff when she would just drink, you know, Bud Light a few years ago because she can find it because it's accessible. But if she had to go and and go to a specialty store and pay a 50% markup, then she wouldn't do it. So you got to, where do you draw that line there of, okay, it's great that we're getting more people in. Is it killing the craft? So accessibility, I think is not to just drag this out, but accessibility is one of those things I also feel has changed in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. I mean, we, we obviously can go back to the internet of being such a market change for buying goods. Um, and then yeah. the digital revolution for media also as a way of taking away from so many of those stores where, I mean, people don't buy DVDs and CDs and, you know, I mean, uh, Blu-ray music. I mean, everything is I still digital. Buy all that. <laughs> well, but yeah, again, I've... but I would say it's because that's something. Physical media either means something to you or doesn't. Like for us, we grew up with it. We have an appreciation for it. Maybe for the craft. Maybe for the art design and all those things. But looking at Ethan, like my child who is six, I don't. I don't think that stuff is going to be important to him. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. It's just a different generation, um, and maybe he'll have other things that he's going to want to invest his time and meet and money in. Um, 
But I definitely feel when it comes to, I would say, me, I'm 35 years old, I want I want to still have that physical thing often because there's something about about having it and storing it that is both soothing and also ownership where mm. you're seeing ownership in in the whole idea of law be very gray now, right? You know, we can talk about pirating material and all those things, but um, owning a physical copy of something, I get to keep that, right? Where if it's yeah. digital, if it's a subscription service, like, you know... God, I could go on for this forever, but I'll use one last example. Um, music now is often released, and and then that artist will then drop edits and changes to that. Now, if you had a subscription service to that, you may lose those prior edited versions of that song, and now the new one may be what's what's on that quote album. Yeah. Where if I had a digital co- or if I had a, a physical copy of that, you know people would go back to the store and buy that version that they wanted. Maybe they buy both versions because they're trying to support that artist. And I think that is a problem for, you know, an artist now kind to find a way of keeping interest where in the past it was like, they didn't have options. Like if you wanted, if you wanted my CD, you bought all 13, you know, all 13, Mm. whatever songs are out there. Now with digital copies of things, we're very selective in the things we acquire. Thanks for listening to our Game of Thrones podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get on this whole tangent thing, but I, I don't know. I feel like this plays in a world of like when we're talking about Game of Thrones and, and our consumption of media, right? It used to be that people would be home at a certain time to watch a show, right? We binge watch shows now, Netflix streaming. I mean, we do these things. And I think that makes Game of Thrones more popular than it would have been you know 10 or 15 years ago where you had to be home to watch an episode and you couldn't watch the prior episode because you didn't have it and you couldn't you know you couldn't binge watch those things so i think game of thrones success is actually part of that it is as much as it is television it's it's watched very much like a movie like people sit down and watch two or three hours of this at one time and get that cinematic approach and i think that is very cool it's also i mean I don't want to talk about this anymore, <laughs> but it's also one of those, uh, it's one of the few remaining shows, I think, that does have that, you know, when it's going to be back in April, Sunday nights, people will be en masse watching it. The, yeah. You know, the, the website's going to have issues the first episode because the traffic is going to be insane because yeah. people will be watching it live. Um, you know, the, the Twitter's going to be a buzz with it. Everything's going to be trending. So I think that it's kind of hearkening back and people are tuning in to see it as it happens. Right, right. Yeah. You guys you guys uh you guys going to watch the new season? Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm so burnt uh, out on Game of I'm Thrones right now. Like, <laughs> kind of excited for Westworld. <laughs> Jon Snow is a robot. You Call think they'll it. be you think they're they'll consider a crossover Westeros world? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what season three of Westworld's going to be because you know we already last last season we discovered the Asian one and then they we're going to see Westeros and that the whole thing has been playing out in uh, yeah, who, the, yeah, who do you think is the one human in Westeros? The one human in Westeros. <laughs> that would be it's great. a it's probably Bran Stark and then he just goes around and he finds like you know when he gets bored he just pulls out his phone and he goes and watches the videos of what's happening in other places. Yeah. <laughs>